Alan, he opened the door, and in that door stood Bill Shankman. Northampton 7, Bristol City 1. Yeah. Uh, you played. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> well, you were out there. I don't, think, yeah. there. <laughs> I don't think there was anybody who's played that day. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Off the Pitch. And I've got a very special guest uh, with me today. And uh, I'm delighted to say it's a person who can actually say that no man living has scored more goals for Bristol City uh, than this uh, guest. And he also played in all four divisions for the club. And uh, all the people will now know who follow Bristol City regularly. that I'm talking about Tom Ritchie. And welcome to Tom. Thank you very much, Richard. We're going to talk about your career and, and so much to talk about because you had two, two spells at uh, Bristol City. Um, but let's start at the very beginning. You're a young lad up in Scotland in a small town called Bowness. Bowness, yeah. Um, how did you come to Bristol City's attention? Well, my younger brother Steve uh, was picked for Scotland schoolboys at under 15 level. And they, Scotland, were playing England at Burnley uh, one afternoon. And there had been Bristol City, the, the chief scout at the time, Tony Collins, who sadly uh, passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, was Bristol City's chief scout and had been eyeing up Steve um, through the, the, the international games uh, under 15 level. And <coughs> there was a trial match through in Glasgow for Bristol City. Um, Tony had uh, arranged uh, a, a trial match in which he, he wanted Steve to play in. But Steve couldn't because he had to go to, um, they actually played at um, Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, and Tony asked my mother and father, is there anyone else that they know plays? And my mother, being my mother, <laughs> says Tom will play. So I went through to Glasgow, Steve went down to Burnley, um, played in a, a trial match uh, in Glasgow Green. And, and the, the midfield of the team I played in, the midfield, was there was me, Jerry Gow, and a lad called Billy Memu. Um, and the three of us on the day had a good day and were invited down to Bristol for a trial for Bristol City, along with Steve. And uh, as I said, we, Tony got us all down and the four of us actually signed uh, contracts. You all came down on the same train together? Came down on the same train together. So you, Jerry uh, Gow? Me, Jenny Gow, brother. Called, uh, my brother, Steve, and a lad called Billy Memu. Who played a bit, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, Billy was a lo uh, lovely lad and a great player, mm. Uh, mm. you know. So you all travelled down together. Who met you at the station? We were met at the station by what was then the, the head coach, John Sillett, who was a rather, he was a big man, John, uh, and rather imposing, to say the least, you know. How old were you then? I was 17. Mm. Uh, I think Gow would be 17. The three, there was three of us 17. Steve was 15. Um and so a little bit nerve-wracking. Oh, without doubt. <laughs> Stepping <laughs> off the train at, at Temple Meads in Bristol, um, met by John, John Sillett. Um, and his parting words to us, we were dropped at uh, the digs that we were staying in. And his parting words to us uh, uh, as he left the digs was, be at Ashton Gate tomorrow, nine o'clock. Do not be late. And that was the start of our relationship with John Sillett. So you then obviously got taken on um, and played in a, in a very successful youth team, didn't you? Who, who, yeah. who else was part of that team? Uh, well, 
the the Bristol the, there were a few Bristol lads in the side at the time like Keithy Fear, John Lillington, Dave Rogers, uh, Ray Cashley, um, who were tremendous like lads that, that played locally for uh, in, in the Bristol schools etc. Um, the four of us down from, from Scotland and we we just we gelled into a team. Uh, John John Silla got us into a, a, a youth team uh, that was very successful. You know, so we, we started off in a, the Southern Frontier Junior Junior Cup. Um, we went to Millwall, our very first competitive game together, and we lost that game at Millwall one nil. And when we arrived, when we stepped onto that coach to come back to Bristol, the heads were down, and and I can always remember John coming into the coach and saying to everybody, "Look, get your heads up, look at me." He says, "If you've given me, if you give me for the rest of the season what you've given me tonight, he says we'll win the FA Youth Cup." And we got to the semi-finals um, and came up against a rather good uh, Spurs side, which beat us over two legs. Yeah, yeah, that was a very, very good news. Two names you mentioned stick out to me there: John Lillington, yeah. who I remember yeah. as the secretary, secretary of the club, yeah. um, and not as a player. Yeah, and Ray Cashley, who I imagine was playing as a left back or something. Then was he? Ray was playing left back, and our goalkeeper at the time, Lenny Bond, who was a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, he had a, a bad injury, Lenny. Um, he collided with a Terry Bush. Most people know Terry. That would have been uh, some collision, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to be Terry, you know all about it. And Lenny got his, he had a bad injury, Lenny. Um, and the shout was, was anybody, would anybody like to play in goal? And Ray being Ray, <laughs> put his hand up, and the rest is history it's for Ray. Astonishing story, Tom, isn't it? And yeah. then he went on to be a promotion goalkeeper, promotion goalkeeper. playing in the first and playing in the first division. Yeah. That is an extraordinary story. Oh, had a fantastic story. season as well. Yeah, was yeah. it evident straight away that he could keep goal? I think Cash would have played anywhere, mm. you know, uh, goalkeeper, left back, centre forward. He, he, he was he was just that kind of lad. Brave as a lion, wasn't he? Oh, incredible. Yeah, and John Lillington, going back to him, yeah. I say I, I I come across John as for years the club secretary, but you tell me he was a very good player. Yeah. He was the one for me that stuck out amongst the Bristol lads, um, and and the youth team we went to Cardiff uh, to play Cardiff in one of the early rounds, and. He, when I say it was a tackle it was an assault on him that night to be honest um, he, he ended up going down he'd done his I think it was his medial ligament and dislocated his shoulder in the same tackle and he was obviously carted off went to hospital and I can always remember the coach after the game um, the coach going to pick John up from a hospital and he came on that coach that night with his arm in a sling, he licked him plaster, and you thought to yourself, what a mess he was. And it, I think it finished his career, you know, at, at that early age, and he would have been a huge asset to Bristol That's City. Something I'd, I'd, never, I'd never known until you, yeah. you, you told, told yeah. me about it. Yeah. So, first team debut, I was there that day, 1972, I think, against Millwall at Ashton Gate. Millwall, Ashton Gate. What do you remember that day? Just excitement, you know, sort of... The, the boss at the time, Alan, Alan Dix, um, came to me on the Friday and sort of said, you're in tomorrow. And that feeling of joy was just amazing, you know. Um, I had a reasonable game, I think. I can't remember too much about it, to be honest. I had a reasonable game. In um, midfield, you played midfield. I played in midfield. Yeah. Um, and as I say, 
two each, disappointed with the result, uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Did you have family watching or anything like that? Again, we I just lost my father um, in in the summer of um, that year. I lost my father in June, and made my debut in the August. And <clears throat> as I say, my mother was there. Uh, it's quite an emotional day for you. I think, I'm uh, sure you thought of your dad, didn't uh, you? Well, without doubt. He again, he was a driving force behind me uh, coming down. He moved the whole family down from Scotland. Um, when his two boys, me and Steve, uh, he knew we were coming to Bristol. He says, "Look, he says I'm coming. He says I'll be down in six months." And he, and he moved the whole family down uh, to Bristol. Let me take you on to the 1973-74 season, which was the, just the start of when we started to think this is a special mm. Bristol City team, and it was because of the cup run in the FA Cup that season. Mm. And you drew Leeds United, who were then all powerful, yeah. weren't they? And the first game was at Ashton Gate. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can take up the story, but the second one was I remember on a Tuesday afternoon, amidst all the power cuts, and yeah. it was played on a Tuesday afternoon, yeah, wasn't it? Ellen Road. Yeah. yeah, because of the three-day week. So just first of all, the two Leeds United games. What do you remember then? Just drawing Leeds United, we'd, we'd beat Hereford one 0 away. Uh, I, I think Jeff got the goal, um, and <clears throat> I, th I think at the time um, coming back in the coach, the, the draw was made. Well, you were travelling back in those days. So after the six o'clock result uh, sequence, the FA Cup draw was made, uh, and we were sat in the coach. And I, I, I just seem to remember sat in the coach thinking, wouldn't it be great if you get Leeds Liverpool at that time? And then it was Bristol City, and you thought, well, we're at home, we'll play Leeds United, and the coach just erupted. You just thought, wow. Um, but then when they came to Ashton Gate. Um, and you looked at that side, Norman, <laughs> Norman, um, Bremner, Giles. They were just a fantastic football side. Uh, and, and on the day we held our own. Gary played really, really well in midfield against uh, little Billy Bremner. Uh, Keithy Fear got his a great goal. Um, and you just thought one each, fair result. But we've got to go to Leeds now. Um, and nobody uh, gave us a hope uh, of getting anything up there. Uh, they were they were unbeaten for first division leaders. Yeah. They, they'd gone a long time, hadn't they? Unbeaten. Yeah. Regarded as probably the best team in Europe, let alone in, in, yeah. in, in England yeah, at the time. So Tuesday afternoon comes, and we said it was a Tuesday afternoon because of the power cuts and the, and the uh, yeah. energy crisis at the time. Yeah. Three-day week, as you said. Yeah. Um, so strange sort of thing, a Tuesday afternoon game, but a huge crowd. I think it was 40,000 crowd, wasn't it? The atmosphere was amazing. You know, and, and you just thought, well, uh, and we, we we sneaked a goal, you know. So I, I mean, they battered us up, if my memory serves me correct. You know, and we sneaked a goal. Gilly got a goal, uh, out of nothing really, um, and we we beat them one nil. Um, and in the dressing room afterwards, you just thought, wow, and and we knew that we had Liverpool in the next round, uh, which was another amazing game. But I, I sat in that dressing room, there was a knock on the door. And <coughs> AD, uh, Alan, he opened the door, and in that door stood Bill Shankly. And everybody, the, the dressing room went quiet, and you just thought, wow, <laughs> uh, it's Mr. Shankly. And he, he came in, and he, he always, he, I can remember him saying it, he says, not looking forward to playing your lot 
he says, uh, in the next round, you know, and you just thought, I'm not quite so sure about that. Because <laughs> I, I think I'm right in saying, he hadn't, hadn't he said before the replay, it'd be good for Liverpool and Leeds, is going to be a great game or something. And I, I think he had to apologise, I remember, um, to, to actually, for saying that, because it didn't turn out to be Liverpool-Leeds yeah, at all. So it did turn out to be Liverpool, quarter-final at Ashton Gate. Yeah. Big blow before the game, Jeff Merrick couldn't play. Right. Um, David Rogers, I think, came yeah. in. So that, yeah. of your team that played Leeds, I think that was the change. Yeah. And Jeff obviously was a top player at the time, wasn't oh, he? So, so that was not that David Rogers couldn't do a good yeah. job, but but so you lost one, you lost your one of your best best players, um, and they came down with Toshak and Keegan and yeah. and and all the all the you, big names I mean, again. Yeah. Again, you go through that Liverpool side and you think like Tommy Smith, yeah. uh, Ian Gallagher, and uh, just household names and. It's just making your way in the game at that time to be on the same pitch as these guys uh, was just uh, amazing. Mm, yeah, and you, and you lost one nil, close yeah. game, but probably a fair result. Wasn't yeah, it, I, I, th I think so. Yeah. Um, but they, they wonderful, were... wonderful running, and that I think gave everybody the feeling, you know, that this team was being built. Yeah. By uh, by Alan Dix, so let's move on to a couple of years and seventy six. Yeah. Um, 75, 76, wonderful promotion season. Our dreams come true with first division football after 65 years out of it. Um, you are top scorer with 18 goals. Some some people always think it was Paul Cheesley who was top scorer, but Paul got 16. <laughs> uh, but the two of you, 34 goals between yeah. you. Fantastic season. How did that partnership start? I, through chance, really. I, as I say, I, I, I'd always class myself as a midfield player. Um, but then we had a few problems injury-wise up front, and I, th I think it was against Oxford. Uh, Oxford had come down to Ashton Gate, and AD had said, "You play up front. Do you fancy playing up front with cheese uh, on the night?" And I thought I, I would have played anywhere, so, uh, just to just to be in the team, you know. So at the time, and. <clears throat> That was the first night I think me and Cheese played together. Was there an injury uh, or something? Did someone? I think it's. I think Keithy. I think Keithy Fear had an injury, mm -hmm. uh, and Keithy had been playing up front. And um, Ad said, "We well, play up front with Cheese," and I thought, "Wherever." Um, and on the night we beat Oxford four one. I think Cheese got two, and I got two, and it, it, we just got on okay, you know. And throughout the season, um, the, the two of us. It, he was just a joy to play with. Jeez, you know, he's just an amazing guy. It was the classic um, coupling of a, a bloke who was great in the air, although you were good in the air as well, but Jeez was great in the air. Oh, yeah. and, and you did the running and, and, and running down the channels and, and running onto his flick-ons and all that sort of thing. It was a ma it was a match made in heaven in a way, wasn't it? And But as you say, came, came about by chance. But how good was he? Again, I, I think it's well documented. I think he would have played for England. And whether he would have stayed at Ashton Gate, uh, I, I don't know. Had he, had he remained fit, um, he, 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 it was endless what he, the possibilities what he could have done. He would have, I think he'd have played for England, no question. We'll come on to his injury in a moment because it's a little way down the line. But for, let's go to April the twentieth, nineteen seventy-six, in a date uh, absolutely etched in my my men, mind, and I'll never forget it. Night time at Ashton Gate, twenty-seven thousand in the mm. ground. You just need to beat Portsmouth, nearly bottom, bottom or nearly bottom of the table mm. they were at the time. Yeah, formality really, and and then you get a third-minute goal. Uh, from a man who never scored a goal, Clive White. Clive, Clive yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. Yeah. And and um, uh, it should have been plain sailing, but it wasn't, was it? It was a difficult. You were so close to to the what you wanted to achieve that season, and I think the nerves 
probably got the better of everybody, you know. And getting that early goal, you just, uh, I, I can't remember a, a Portsmouth on the night having that many chances, but you just never knew, you know. And you were just desperate. The longer the game went on, you were just desperate for the referee to blow that whistle. Yeah. And then the crowd start getting oh, closer to the touchline. Oh, what do you remember at the end? Yeah. You, when that whistle went, the the feeling and the joy of the supporters and the players, it, it was just, it, it was an amazing feeling. Um, you had trouble getting off the field, didn't you? It, it, it was just something you, you didn't expect. You knew, with everybody standing on touchlines, and like I say, the thousands that, that were there and on the pitch, it was it was just an amazing experience, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. picture the scenes as if, as if it were yeah. yesterday, Tom, yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Then you came up into the stand, didn't you? And yeah. the players were in the stands, the supporters were on. There's all those famous pictures of Ashton Gate pitch almost covered with supporters. Right. Yeah. And you, you, lot up, you lot up in the stands. Yeah. Can you remember what happened after that? Did you go out and have a bit of a celebration? I, I can always remember someone shouting, um, oh, name of the pop-up. Uh, oh, goodness. I should remember the name of the pub. <laughs> I've been in a few of them. Uh, but there, there was a pub up uh, Whitchurch, um, and the shout was, everybody up there. And, and eventually, most of the lads ended up there. Like, you know, so, uh, a lot of them uh, lived in Whitchurch at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, you were so familiar to the area. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was a kind of blur, you know, sort of, I, I don't think many of us got home till whatever in the morning. Mm. Uh, anyway, but... And it just for the next couple of days it was quite surreal because you were you got promotion with I think it was a game to go um, and that became like just another game if you like. Yeah. Uh, we we'll over that game. We lost that one to Notts County. It, Notts County. Yeah, <laughs> I remember them forming a guard of honour for you to come out. Do you remember that? Yeah, and the team runs onto yeah. the field. Clive scored again. Uh, got probably the only time he scored two in two games. Yeah, um, but you lost two one, and uh, so that was a bit of a damp script to end the season. But nobody cared, did they? Yeah. And you went up second to Sunderland, wasn't? Yeah, it? yeah. Um, and so we move on to the end of that summer, and Arsenal away and probably as I've always told people the greatest city performance I, I saw in my times as a supporter or reporter yeah. only a 1-0 win but it could have been four um, what, what about that day at Arsenal first first game back in the first division just I, I, I get goosebumps every time we, we talk about it uh, you know it was just an amazing experience again travelling travelling to Highbury and stopping outside Highbury and I, what I can remember about it is the red and white, you know, and and you just thought you smell. Initially, you thought, I tell you what, there's a lot of Arsenal supporters here today, blah blah blah. And then the next thing, up struck the, the drink up the cider, and you thought, I tell you what, that's that's the city lads. Uh, th there must have been thousands come up from Bristol uh, on the day to see that game, and the game itself was, I mean, to be fair, Richard, I, I, we were, we could have won it four four or five uh, I missed a couple of uh, half decent chances um, Cheese got a great goal um, and you, you just thought walking off that pitch that day you thought I tell you what the confidence that gives you going into the next game I think I tell you what we could re we could have a good season here mm. you know yeah yeah, it turned out to be sadly Paul's only goal in the in the first division, yeah. but you had a hand in it. It was a lovely sunny afternoon, wasn't it? You played in white oh, and black kit. Amazing, remember, yeah. which I've always thought was a really smart kit. Yeah, tell us about the goal because you played a big part in the goal. 
But <coughs> I think I, I managed to turn, I think it was Peter Simpson, I turned Peter Simpson edge of the box and made my way towards goal. Uh, I think I think it was Sammy Nelson come across, tackled me. Uh, I maybe should have shot early, but thankfully no, I didn't. <laughs> um, got the ball back to Clive. We put on a peach of a cross, and again, she's come in. You thought one nil. Thank you. <laughs> Even as he was, jumping. yeah, you just you, you just knew where that was yeah, going. Yeah. Uh, That's how good he was. He, yeah. he murdered a centre half called David O'Leary. Correct. It was an international, wasn't yeah. it? An Irish international. Yeah. Uh, and that just showed how good Paul was. Yeah. Three days later, Stoke City at home, first home game back in the first division, and it's not remembered for the result. It's not remembered for the goals. It's remembered for one incident when yeah. the ball comes in. Paul goes up with um, Peter Shilton. Yeah. Um, nobody's fault. I don't think. No. I think Paul was no, says this day. Lands awkwardly. Um, what do you remember of that? I mean, it wasn't clear at the time it was that serious. That's the, the, the thing is, <coughs> going back to the season before the promotion season, it, I think Paul had missed a few games because of injury. And I, and I can't remember. What, uh, you would have to ask Paul. I think it was his knee that was given problems then. But again, after the Arsenal game, you just thought, running into the Stoke game, you thought, I said, well, let's carry this on. And like you said Richard when he went up for that ball with, with Shelton he landed and his knee his knee crumpled uh, and when I talked to Paul now when you look at that injury nowadays he'd probably be back playing in 12 months uh, whereas back then uh, it, that, that was the end of his career Mm. Yeah. It was all pretty ligaments, damage, Lig ligaments and yeah. everything yeah, like that. I, I but I remember he, he didn't even get carried off. He went off with his arms uh, round yeah. two people's uh, shoulders. He walked off. Well, Les Barsley and Bill Tovey. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carried yeah. him off. Yeah. 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 He, he, he actually walked off. Yeah. And, it, and then I think we all thought maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and then it went on and on. And if I remember rightly, he made a comeback against, was it Birmingham? He had one. He had to get one game back, yeah. and it was clear he just wasn't the same. Yeah. And it's probably the most tragic injury story in, in City's history in terms of what it meant to the club. What it meant to the club, without doubt. You know, so it's with couldn't replace of, him, could you? No, that, that was the thing. So with a great respect to everybody else that tried to, mm -hmm. he, he was heading towards his prime. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so the end of that season, another famous game, Coventry City away. Both need points to stay in the first division. Looks like you could, you'd look like being relegated, aren't you? But made some had some great home results. Beat Liverpool. Yeah. Um, played Man United, didn't you? Got yeah. was it point against Man United and beat somebody else? I, I think it was Man United Leeds. Yeah, Liverpool, Leeds. That's right, and Leeds. Leeds yeah. yeah. So so good results and gave you a chance, but still had to get something at Coventry. At Coventry. Yeah. All right. So. How do you start to talk to tell about that evening? Um, I suppose it starts with the late kickoff. So, how did you hear about that? In, in the dressing room, obviously just getting ready. Da da da. Nerves abundant. Uh, and we, um, Jimmy Hill came in to our dressing room. Um, Coventry chairman. Co Coventry chairman, and he came in. He said, "I'm sorry, lads. He says, but we're going to have to knock the kick back, uh, the kickoff back, quarter of an hour." because there's that many coming up from Bristol you know which was perfectly feasible at the time um, and you thought to yourself <coughs> game during the game 2-0 down and you think um, got one back I think it was, was it Gary uh, got one back um, Gilly got an equaliser and I honestly feel 
that we'd have had we needed to, would have gone and on and won the game. Finish, you know, okay. so, so <laughs> I, I but it was, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you th you're thinking, and I cannot, for some reason, I can always remember Jim Hill again coming down onto the touchline and saying it's all over because Everton had beat Sunderland. Had, yeah, beat yeah, Sunderland. Beat right. Sunderland. Yeah. Um, and he says it's all over if if we've got a point each. That, and so your game's still was, going it on. It was just their game's still <laughs> going on, and, 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 and it was both weird. never draws right. It was just weird. You so know, it, so uh, what happened? Just explain again what happened. I think at the time we had possession of the ball, and it was just keep ball. And they stayed you in know, their own half. And, and they virtually left us to it. Probably never uh, been an end to a game like it. Well, nowadays, <laughs> I mean, you'd probably be jailed. I was stood up <laughs> behind one of the goals, and um, it was just extraordinary. So Ray Cashley was getting the ball and throwing it out to the full-back one mm -hmm. side, getting it back, which was really Sweeney probably, from throwing it out to Gilly the other side, back again, back again. And they're, not, and they're stuck in their own half, and mm -hmm. nobody's coming forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced this day I think the referee must have ended it early because he was just embarrassed. Let's uh, <laughs> see, it was, it was a weird situation. Yeah. Uh, on the night um, but a point good enough for both of you so at the end I mean both sets of supporters celebrating both yeah. teams celebrating that yeah. must have been some night yeah uh, again personally I, I just felt I hadn't, I hadn't the greatest of seasons I'd picked up a few knocks um, and, and was carrying them and I just wanted to get myself right for the next season and I, I, if I'm honest I was glad to see the back of that season mm. you know so, and have another pop at it at least we had another pop at it yeah absolutely uh, it turned out to be four seasons overall and yeah. some and some good ones and, and on the way a trophy which is often talked about mm. so I want to have a little word about that today the Anglo-Scottish Cup yeah um, which you know may not be in the greatest competition in the world but it was a trophy and, and, and competed for by some good clubs yeah so we'll skip the group although you beat Bristol Rovers in the group I understand or I, I look back and saw I couldn't, couldn't remember but you did um, and qualified from the group you then played Partick Thistle over two legs lost the first 2-0 up there won the second 3-0 to get through and then we came to Hibernian top Scottish side yeah. in the semi-final Hibernian away in the first leg yeah. take up the story there well again being from Edinburgh or born in Edinburgh um, Hibs were almost my ex-schoolmaster was a Hibernian supporter um, and he used to take me through to Easter Road uh, to see Hibs although I was a Ranger man I was always a Ranger supporter as a kid uh, but going to Easter Road and actually playing there you thought uh, it was just again you just thought from your childhood going to Easter Road and then actually playing there is uh, it was uh, something special for me um, but on the night it was it was a bit of a Roughy tufty game to say the <laughs> least, um, and Norman, I think he was the first to, to go. He got sent off. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure first second half, um, and then Peter Pete Cormack, uh, he got himself sent off. And um, we're, we're nine men um, uh, playing against Hibs at Easter Road, and you think. Um, I remember. I, th I think we came away with a was it a nil nil draw. One one, I think. Maybe one one. Well, yeah. But you were you were, you were up front on your own, presumably in the second I, half. I chased yeah. about. And I don't think I got a kick of the ball, but I chased about a bit, yeah. like, you know. So one uh, one with nine men. Yeah. But then the second leg, yeah. probably the game of the competition in, yeah. in a way, wasn't it? And yeah. and five three you won it. Five three. Uh, yeah. what, and Kevin Mabbott that night was the star, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, like Mabs got a couple of great goals, and I, again, it was just a great game. You know, so they um, they had come down. 
whether there was ill feeling or not, I, I, I didn't feel as though there were on the pitch, but it was a cracking game uh, for those that were there that night, 5-3. Yeah. 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 So you get to the final and then it's St Mirren, yeah. managed by... Well, Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. that in itself was a challenge, and and Tony Fitzpatrick, who later yeah. came to City, yeah. um, was then in their team. Yeah. Uh, again, I think you won you won away, didn't you? That was the thing. You won two one away. So yeah. the second leg, you're home. The trophy's there. Yeah. Not a great game, but you did what was necessary. Uh, again, it, uh, it probably wasn't a great game. Um, Again, it was the result of, that mattered more than anything. Was winning it, mm. uh, and again, they were, when you look at that period of the game, the, the number of Scots lads that were playing in the English leagues, you know, so, and and Sc Scottish football was um, it was a a fair uh, standard uh, up in Scotland at that time, mm. and there were some really good sides. Yeah. I mean, St. Mirren, one of them, um, and. You looked at the sides we played, um, Hibs, they were really good sides. Mm. Um, and it was, as I say, it was a bit of a battle, yeah. uh, but we won it. I um, think Kevin Mabbott scored again. It was one It was one all, one so all. you won 3-2 on average. I think it was 3-2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lifted a trophy, which doesn't happen often in Bristol City's history. Well, it, a national uh, trophy. Yeah, it, it, it's, it seems now, looking back, you think it's, it's only the Anglo-Scottish got. But for us... It was, and for me, beating the Scottish Scottish lads, yeah. you know, so I, 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 it was something quite special. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was special for supporters at the time, definitely. Mm. Okay, so relegation followed in uh, 1980, 79-80 season. Um, and your time, although you didn't know at the time, was coming, your first spell at Ashton Gate was coming towards the end. So mm. we, we saw second division football again, quick, quite quickly the departure of Alan Dix after 13 years, mm. just just... Give us a word about him and, and what he meant to the club over those 13 years. Well, when you look back now, AD, as everybody called him, I, I, I don't think you appreciate how good a manager he was until you actually leave the club and go to somewhere else and look at how other clubs are run. AD was, um, when I say tactics, and we, we had a way of playing um, where we hadn't got the ball. And we worked very, very hard where we hadn't got the ball. Uh, <clears throat> and he gave you, when we had the ball, he gave you license to go and have a pot, do you, you know? Uh, and he, he, he was just, and again, you didn't appreciate it until <coughs> he left and uh, somebody else came into the club. Bob like Houghton. Bob, Bob Houghton came to the club. And, and it was just a totally different mm. uh, way of, Training. So what was his secret? Is was his man management? How he handled players? Man management, definitely. Mm. You know, so I mean, there were a few characters in our side that <laughs> that needed handling in, in different ways, and and he was brilliant at it. Mm. Brilliant at it. Talking about characters in the side, then before we finish on first division days, Jerry Gow, oh. um, Jerry Sweeney, who we yeah. still live near yeah. in Portishead and see yeah. very often. Um, there were brilliant characters in that team Cashley as you say in goal I mean it was it was a team that you know because there was so few team changes in those days there wasn't rotation of places was it it was like a team you, you could almost go through and you, everybody knew what number Jimmy Mann was and what yeah. number Trevor Tainton was and what you know Clive Whitehead on the wing um, we all knew knew you so well and let, let's just single out one Jerry Gow yeah. um, sadly no longer with us yeah. but um, yeah. what an influence on the team and yeah. sum him up as a character Tom what was he like he was, Gow was just a great lad. 
um, didn't give a hoot, t to be honest, Richard. You know, he just got on, did what he did. Uh, you know, and again, he was a bit. When 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 you look at Graham Souness at Liverpool, <coughs> we 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 played against Graham Souness all the way through from youth team to reserve team to the first teams, and Gary did the same thing. You know, and I always looked at Graham and Gary, and I thought, do you know the two of them uh, again? <laughs> hard as nails the yeah, two of them yeah. I mean they were just as hard as nails but great players mm. you know they, 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 they were great great uh, players and competitive yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, Gary ended up leaving just before you did and to go to Manchester City and you left to go to Sunderland yeah. and just after you left came the Ashton 8 so yeah. you weren't very far off becoming one of, the, one of them and having to tear up your contract yeah, it's, like I say you, you, I don't think any of the lads at that time knew exactly I knew exactly how bad the, the, the club the situation the club was in uh, if I was honest I, and if I'm brutally honest <laughs> I didn't really want to go uh, to leave Bristol City uh, anyway, it was just the fact that <coughs> they were selling their associate assets uh, off and <coughs> Gary was one Clive was another yeah. myself and once you start getting rid of that kind of uh, caliber of player, you know the the, the Gowies, the, the Clive Whiteheads, you think yourself. Um, and it was young kids that were coming through that were good enough, but had no experience, you know. And and I think it was Alan Hansen once said, "You can't you can't win anything with kids, like you know, um, rightly or wrongly, you, you could argue that case." Yeah. Yeah, I think Man United managed it, but Bristol, Bristol City certainly couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you go off to Sunderland. We're going to brush over this because it wasn't the happiest time in your career. What, no. what quickly went wrong at Sunderland for you? I just, I, I, I suppose I went up there, Richard, then to, to walk into our dressing room, Ashton Gate, I just, I just thought it would be the, exactly the same. You walk into your dressing room and it's all the lads having a, like, taking a mickey, da da da. And there was, it, it wasn't quite quite that. Yeah. Um, having said that, I could not get myself going. You know, sort of whether it was the move up there and the number of people that tried to help me uh, get on. Uh, you know, I mean, <coughs> Ken Knighton signed me, and I managed to get him the sack after <laughs> five six weeks. Um, and Alan Durbin came, who helped, who tried to help me enormously. You know. Um, Mick Doherty, Tommy Doherty's son was at Sunderland, he tried to help me um, just it just wasn't working for me uh, at all, you know and, and it's, for the first time it, it just showed me a lack of how, a lack of confidence, you know uh, you, you got you got to have that confidence about you um, and I was shot of it at Sunderland mm -hmm. you know? So while you're there, Bristol <coughs> City get relegated, and then they get relegated again. Mm. And so in the, even though you're only there a short time, um, so the chance comes to come back, and they're in the fourth division by then. Yeah. Terry mm. Cooper has just taken over as manager. Mm. You must have had to take a bit of a pay cut to come back from a club like Sunderland and and, and join the city in the fourth division. I, I, yeah, probably I, I did, Richard. To be fair, but I was that desperate to get away from Sunderland you know so, and Terry had offered me uh, a two year contract and re I thought of the family at the time and I said to my wife I said it's like 
I says, we can flit about from A to B, wherever up north or whatever. I says, but eventually we're going to go back to Bristol to live anyway. Um, <clears throat> I said, I've got the opportunity to go back, albeit in the fourth division. And it was, it, it's a pride thing. It hit my pride, you know, sort of where I thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm going from the first division back to the fourth division, you know, and you think, so I found it quite tough at, at the time to get my head around that. Um, but it was Bristol, you know, and I, I just loved the place, so we're always going to move back here anyway. That, that's a, that's wonderful to, to hear, and I'm sure Bristol City fans and uh, would love to hear you say that, that you, how, how much you fell in love with the city. Not just Bristol City, yeah. but the city the itself. City, yeah. Um, so you come back and you join a team that's, let's say, not the best Bristol City team there's ever been. <laughs> and you and I both remember a Sunday game at Northampton very early on after you yeah. came back. Yeah. Northampton 7, Bristol City 1. Yeah. Uh, you played. What, did I? <laughs> no <laughs> guess, well, I you were out there. I don't, think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there was anybody who's played that day. <laughs> it's, it's probably the worst feeling I've ever had coming off a football pitch. Um, you know, And ironically... After that result, we, we kind of turned the corner, if you like, because we couldn't get any worse uh, on in that day. I mean, it was poor John Shaw who was in goal, who who again lives in Portishead near us, doesn't he? Still, yeah. still see John around. Um, he tells me when I met him the other day, he had no chance with any of the goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so seven of them that went that went yeah. past him. So for him particularly, it must have been a dreadful. Uh, let's see, nobody wants to concede seven goals in a game. Uh, and, and, uh, let's see, uh, that coach trip back, you just stop. Um, you you sit there, go over it in your head and shake your head and think to yourself, we've got to, we have got to get ourselves going here. Yeah. It went from bad to worse because you were <clears throat> bottom of the entire football league yeah. at uh, Christmas that year. Yeah. But the second half of the season turned things around and, and you end up, I think, 14th in the league. Mm -hmm. And then the following season, I know it <coughs> gave you almost as much pleasure as the other promotion season where you were involved in, didn't it? And get, getting promotion in fourth place from the fourth division, yeah. but seeing City yeah. actually on the rise. On the rising. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what do you remember? You got 15 goals that season, Tom. <coughs> so, still still knocking in the goals. And, and there were some characters in that team, including a back three of Forbes, Phillips, and Masters <laughs> in one player. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, what do you remember of Forbes and some of the characters in that team? I, I, it was, again, and it's it's interesting, Richard. Character-wise, you know, you've got to have characters uh, to, in the dressing room or on the pitch. Or you, you've got to have characters about you, you know. And Forbes, he was a lovely lad, Forbes. You know, so I, but I think Forbes knew his limitations, you know. And it was like anything up the middle, Forbes would challenge for it, you know. And great lad, and had a great spell at Ashton Gate. Um, anyway, but. He, Bruce Bruce Halliday played alongside them, and he Bruce had a great season uh, that year. You know, yeah. <coughs> and you'd got lads in Kenny Stroud, uh, had come uh, loved playing with Kenny, uh, great player, um, and you just thought to yourself, I, I thought we we sneaked in in fourth, and I thought we deserved to to, to go up that year. Yeah. We talk about managerial. Um, decisions and, and I can't think of any time in Bristol City's history where a manager with no money to spend has signed three players who between you 
got I don't know how many how many goals over a hundred I think between you Alan Crawford I'm talking about Crawford, Glenn yeah, Riley um, yeah. I think that season Glenn they got goals you got goals um, and that was the the, the the secret of the team going forward but none mm. of them cost a penny you know it it, it, it was a, incredible to sign three goal scorers mm. without on on free tra- well, basically free transfers. I've, I've never thought of it like that, uh, Richard. Uh, interesting one, yeah. But I mean, again, Croft, he would sneak goals anywhere, uh, a little Croft. And Glenn, he he played up front, uh, Glenn, and you just thought to yourself, <coughs> I'm not sure whether Glenn was a, a midfield player that went up front again, you know, sort of, but again, he, he, he just seemed to in the couple of years I had with him it just seemed to score goals naturally yeah. you know yeah and it all culminated at Chester on an afternoon where yeah. you needed to win to, to go up and, yeah. and big Trevor Morgan uh, and uh, talking to characters Tra- let's, characters, let's talk a bit about Trevor well, Morgan two goals that day yeah um, what about Trevor as a man just daft as a brush <laughs> <laughs> again in the dressing room you need people like that in the dressing room he was hilarious Trev you know mm. he, he, when he left uh, Bristol City or I left Bristol City uh, and he sent me a letter one day and, <laughs> and you just thought to yourself opened up the letter and inside is a tea bag wet tea bag he says have a drink on me <laughs> you that just, thought, just yeah. that, and that was Trevor yeah as you say you've got to have people like that in a dressing oh, yeah. room you to, to, yeah. to, to, to create the spirit the team, the team spirit that's needed so um, we go up um, and then it's uh, coming to the end of your time at the, at the club and, and you went to Yeovil didn't you the, yeah. uh, so you, your career didn't finish at Bristol City um, but you finished with 132 goals I think it was um, 500 odd appearances um, only John Attio scored more goals than you did for Bristol City uh, uh, which is a hell of an honour for you to have and, and, and oh, we well deserved um, so looking back as a whole two spells at the club you know how, how much does Bristol City still mean to you? Oh, the, the, where I am now, with where we are in Porter's Head, um, I've got the wife, two kids of my own, five grandkids, love Bristol, and but I still go up to the ground. Um, once this COVID thing's out of the road, uh, I'd, I'd love to get back into the swing and get get up there and and see how they're doing in that. But they'll always be um, number one for me. You know, it's, I I I just love the club. I uh, love the people there, you know, sort of, um, <coughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm, you miss the playing, without doubt, I mean, I, I used to love playing, um, but it's just the people at the club at that time were amazing. Yeah. Well, they love you too, Tom, and it's been it's yeah. great talking to you about it, a fantastic yeah, career, yeah. and uh, always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Richard, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, thank you.